we wanted what was best for the comp like the business and for each other kind of and so we were we were in it for ourselves but we were also we both wanted the other person to succeed too so it was yep. um i think that's a big thing you know All right, welcome back. We are here with Go Vertical, episode number five. Um, we are super excited to have Luke Utsi of Blue Ridge Commercial Roofing joining us today, and we're going to be talking about partnerships and business and uh, a lot of fun stuff today, so I am super excited. Um, hey, guys, are you ready to go vertical? Yep. Let's go. All right. So... <clears throat> Uh, if you guys follow us on social media, you'll be able to see a, a clip of, of this, uh, some part of this episode. And you'll notice that, uh, I am in my office as usual. And Luke, I think, are you in your office as well? Or? Yeah. Tucked away in the corner on my, and then, yep. Warren, I think is in front of a painting of the mountains. Is that right? Warren? <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. We'll go with now, that. He's out in Montana on a beautiful backdrop. So, uh. Definitely follow us on social media so you can see where we're at week to week. Well, I'm in the same place. Warren will probably be all over the world. <clears throat> That's why you're going to hear all the mic, you know, malfunctions is because I'm probably <laughs> in a hotel room or at an airport or something somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, before we get into this, um, one quick housekeeping item that I've uh, been remiss to mention in the previous episodes. But uh, for those of you who are listening and wondering about our plans and schedule and stuff. Uh, we are planning on doing one episode a week, uh, dropping on Tuesdays. So keep an eye out for that once a week on Tuesdays. Um, so, Hey, I got a, I got a short story for you guys, a one sentence story. So one night <clears throat> as I was laying in bed, I looked up at the stars and I thought to myself, what the heck happened to the roof? <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's you great. know, this is going to be a fun bit, Warren, because <clears throat> eventually our, our uh, guests will have listened to the podcast as well. But um, as we're getting going, they haven't yet. And so they're not <laughs> they're not sure what's coming. And I, it's kind of fun to drop the the dad joke on him right at the beginning. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the king of dad jokes. So Are you? And somebody told me earlier today, if I'm going to keep up with the dad jokes, I better have some kids pretty shortly because uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were on a roll this morning. Yeah. Were you? Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Icebreaker, <clears throat> icebreaker question for you guys. So you guys both are roofers, um, walk roofs regularly. So what is the biggest surprise you found either getting up on the roof or doing a tear off kind of under the roof? But uh, what's the biggest surprise you found in doing a roof job? Go ahead, Luke. You want to answer this one? Um, like as far as the condition of the roof or? Yeah, whatever. Just okay. something well, you were not expecting at all to find when you. Well, one of the there. last ones I walked was, uh, first of all, I took my worker with me and it was really stinky. We 
pretty much decided if we get the roof, we're going to wear like a full face mask the whole time. And wow. part of it was foam. Part of it was metal. Part of it was like a concrete deck with tar and gravel. And then somebody put rolled roofing on top of that. And half of the rolled roofing was blown off on this one. The foam, a lot of the foam was like pitted, looked like it was coatings a lot of it had worn off and they just left it it was like in bad shape but the foam was dry further down so i mean i don't know we'll kind of have to see what we can do with it what we can salvage or if we can or but it was it was a way worse shape than i realized or thought it would be so wow yeah that was kind of kind of a surprise so what, what did it was it just water damage that smelled so bad or what, what was the smell no it, it was a uh, the way I understood it, it was a dog food processing plant. Like they took dog food and actually disposed of it. So like, I don't know if the bags were torn or if it was wow. like a bad batch and they dumped it all out into big piles and like chopped it up or something. Wow. I'm not sure what they do with it. Like if they use it for like pig feed or what they do with it even, I'm not even sure. So that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. But so it's it not necessarily like, that the roof smells. It's just that the, the plant yeah, has like, an odor. And, okay. And it was actually worse on the roof than inside. <clears throat> so we were expecting when we go inside to see where it was leaking, that it would be way worse. Mm -hmm. It actually smelled better there. Like up on top, it was like not quite where your eyes were watering, but close. Wow. So. That's crazy. And then the roof was equally as bad. <laughs> wow. So. Well, yeah, that sounds wild. <laughs> what about you, Warren? What's the biggest surprise you found on the roof? Um, we did a radio station roof last year, and probably was the most shocking when I got up, like on top of the ladder, and actually saw the roof. Like, I'm telling you, the probably ninety percent of the roof was covered in like dishes and wires. Like, you couldn't even see the roof. Oh. It was awning horribly. And what happened is this station has been there for like 60 or 70 years. It's actually a local station, a 97.1. Um, Nick, you might have listened to that. I think they have the Packers games on there. Yeah. Um, and what happened is whenever they would get new dishes, they never took the old ones off. Wow. And so like when I walked up there, I was completely overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. And I did a core sample and the roof was wet underneath. So it had to be a full tear off. And I was like, what am I going to do? So I talked to the, the owners and she's like the lady that owned it. She's like, well, we can have a technician come out and see how many of those are in use. I bet we took 90% of them off. <laughs> there was two dishes left that were on the roof and there was four up that were built up really nice on like a platform. So I guess, you know, sometimes as us roofers get on a roof and we're completely overwhelmed. And I think that oftentimes it's not near as bad as we think it might be. And that roof wasn't, once we got into it, it wasn't near as bad, but the technicians came out and un, they just cut the cable to everything that wasn't in use. And we ended up, uh, it worked just fine. Worked out mm. really good. So nice. we got it all replaced and put a brand new roof in uh, with a tapered system and fixed the, the ponding water and the drainage. So it was just a shock when you first got up there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I have found bullets on roofs, um, two feet of ponding water one time on a roof where the drain was plugged awesome. in the like a swimming wow. pool. Oof. But there again, it was a, it was actually a drain that had the the cap was the the cover. You know they have this like they have these little guards on them, 
And there was actually a beer bottle stuck in the two inch pipe drain, sealed it perfectly. And <laughs> owner called me. We had done some work for them before. He's like, can you go check up on this roof? Maybe you can do a patch job. And I unplugged the drain and the roof quit leaking. But, you know, oh. it was, there again was something super, super basic. Yep. You know, it was a huge problem for the building owner. But for the <clears> roofer, it was a very small problem. You know, it was an easy fix. That's funny. Awesome. Well, those are good stories. Thanks for sharing, guys. Um, <clears throat> all right. So like I mentioned, uh, we're excited to be joined here by Luke, um, who runs Blue Ridge Commercial Roofing out in South Carolina. Correct, Luke? Yep. yep. Northwest corner. Northwest corner of South Carolina. <laughs> uh -huh. Almost in uh, Georgia, close to North Carolina. Awesome. So uh, if you don't mind, why don't you just start by uh, taking a second just kind of introduce yourself and and uh, who you are and and a little bit about yourself and your business yeah i would actually i'll say something first so those of you who don't know this you might assume it because of the last name but luke and i are actually double first cousins so our dads are brothers and our moms are sisters so they grew up in the same community and so luke and i are like we're close in age and we've been very close as long as far back as i can remember um, and so we, you know, this is pretty common for us to sit down and talk about business, but so like I was looking and thinking of people I can invite on the show, <clears throat> on the podcast and I right away thought of Luke, but I would just like to say, I'll introduce Luke a little bit first, but he's, I've always known him as a very quality applicator and somebody who is very ethical in business and has just great morals when it comes to not only life in general, but like in business, always trying to do the right thing. And so I was super excited to have him come on the show and talk a little bit about that. But yeah, Luke, thanks for taking the time. And I don't know if you've ever been on a podcast before. This probably wasn't super comfortable for you, but it's just, uh, it, we've had a lot of fun. We really have. We've had a blast. So thanks for coming on. It was, I was really excited when you right away said you'd hop on here with us. Well, thanks for the kind introduction here. Um, but yeah, this is the first time I'm on a podcast or I've never done a lot of talking on video period, but hey. It's just a group of guys having fun, huh? That's right. Um, so about my, a little more about myself. We moved out here uh, about a year and a half ago after our work season in Missouri was over. That's where we're from, about central Missouri. Um, and moved out here. Last year would have been our first year. It was it was so-so. We had a little business, and this year's looking out to be a little better, and so in Missouri, we had, I had a partner, my youngest brother, or my brother just under me, who was like two years younger than me. So we had a lot of fun doing that. And then we moved out here. My wife and I took a big step, moved away from family into a new state. People, we knew a couple people here, but that's not too many. We liked the area, the mountains, a couple lakes, you know, the ocean close by. And so we decided, why not go on this adventure? So. We like adventures, so we decided to try it. But um, I'm getting close to 30. We've got one kid, and um, I don't know how much you wanted me to say about myself, but <laughs> tell us a little bit about your uh, your son. Um, okay, that process, and and maybe tell us okay. a little about him. That'd be great. Yeah. So a couple of years after we got married, <clears throat> um, my wife had some health issues, so she wasn't really able to get pregnant at the time. And we were okay with that. We both felt open to the idea of adoption. And so we had a friend that knew this mother that had some 
addictions. And so she got us in touch with her and she decided to choose us as a family for the baby, which Liam, she was pregnant <clears throat> at the time. And so everything fell into place. And so we were moving along with it and he was got a call early one morning. Hey, she's in labor, which was, she was like a month early. So, wow. and we were like not expecting it at all. No clothes were packed. And so we got out of bed and about <laughs> probably 15, 20 minutes, we were going down the road back for like, uh, up to a week. We were expecting, you know, a couple days, but we got down there since he was a month early. He would, we were in the hospital for like 10 to 14 days. Wow. And so we've had him ever since and now he'll be turning six in september starting school this next year so it's a crazy ride so far that's amazing yeah awesome um <clears throat> yeah thanks for thanks for sharing it's good to get to know you um so one thing we wanted to kind of go over with you since you have experience in in multiple businesses and also running a a business as a partnership and then also as um kind of on your own um and so what what would you say are some of the pros and cons of running a business with a partner and running a business you know on your own okay um so as far as running it with a partner let's do that first i really like that that when you left for you know a day or a couple days or had a week trip there was still someone that you knew what was going on there to run the business keep working if you if we really busy and had to work uh, that was one really nice thing and we were really close growing up as brothers. We had other people wanting to get in partners with us, friend, friends or not even people that we didn't know super well, but mm -hmm. it's like, I knew my brother Thomas really well. We basically thought alike and were best friends growing up. And so we were, we both wanted it. And so that's, I would, hesitate going into a partner with someone I don't know really well and don't know. I mean, unless the numbers work out, but as far as us, it actually really worked out well. That was, that was one of the, I mean, there were multiple reasons that it was hard to move out here, but that was one of the big reasons. Like one of the harder things was like leaving that partnership behind. Cause it was working out really well. Um, and then it also, you know, with partners, if you're looking at numbers as far as money, you have to work a little harder, a little more, a couple more jobs to make that the same amount of money you would as if you'd own it yourself. Um, and then, like for me, as a like my, I own it myself now. The business I'm running out here, like if we leave for a week, there's not really anybody right now. I don't have anybody trained in yet that I would trust to keep working run the jobs with me gone. Um, so that's one nice thing is, you know, you have that extra guy there that can kind of, you fill in the holes and uh, help each other out where you need it. Um, and we also kind of took the burden of like the paperwork, different things. Like he would do some of it. I would do some of it. He got calls on jobs. He would take those and bid them. And 
so that was really nice um it made it a little easier as far as that goes but um then out here running the business myself here like i can do two-thirds of the work and make more money than i did being a partner in missouri but then you also you know you've got that the partner that can help you out so that's that's also you know sometimes more than just than money can buy mm -hmm. or whatever like you've mm -hmm. got and for sure if it's your brother someone you're really close with you have a lot of fun doing it as well it's not mm -hmm. just really a business partner it's, it's also your brother a good friend mm -hmm. um so that that's one thing i liked about it um but i do enjoy the challenge of running it myself too mm -hmm. it's fun like I, I do enjoy it. So, um, yeah. there's, there's pros and cons to both and you just have to, before I would, I'd rather start the business myself and then end up getting a partner than getting a partner and then wishing I hadn't. Mm -hmm. So, mm. but with Thomas, I knew I would, we would enjoy it and we would like it. So I wasn't too scared to step into that partnership. Yep. But, that's that's one thing I would suggest is start doing it yourself. And if it looks like you need help, find someone you can trust to be a partner. But rather than right away jumping into it and then regretting it later, because then it's kind of too late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I you said some very interesting things there, Luke. And one of them early on that you said was you guys thought alike. And, you know, I have a brother that worked for me for the last five years and we think a lot of like, we think very differently on some things, but like, as far as the overall, the big picture, we see <clears> the same. And I, I have watched a lot of partnerships. Like I talk to a lot of people and, and of course I hear a lot of stories and I feel like the only partnerships that I know of that worked out really good long-term are when people got along really good before they started the partnership. Like they knew each other and they had a relationship they trusted each other. They didn't build their relationship through the partnership. It was before the partnership is when they got to know each other. But I've also watched a lot of people who they were really smart. They were young, they were energetic and they took on a partner for like financial so you can bring on the finances. And that guy ended up completely controlling their company and they ended up just walking away from it. I've had multiple friends that that happened to because they didn't know the guy, they didn't know his morals and they just took it because he was willing to invest in their company. And so, if you're listening and you're considering a partner, I would say, you know, be very careful in that. I think 95% of partnerships fail within five years of starting up. I think I, we should have looked up that, that uh, Nick, that sometimes we have to look that up. But I know in roofing, it seems like it's more fail than not. I also have a friend who's been in business for over 30 years now in a roofing business, large commercial roofing business. He's been kind of like a mentor to me. And he's had a partner all 30 years. And he says, I wish I could get out. Every single day I wake up, I wish I could get out. But he's like, I have no way out. And he said, what happened is it just, they, they, that relationship personally isn't there anymore. They're only business partners. They're not friends anymore. Oh, wow. And I think once you lose that friendship or like if you're brothers, um, I think it can go south pretty quick. So I, yeah, I, I think the way you explain it, like you like the challenge of being on your own, but also like you said, um, having somebody that you can trust and fall back on to maybe when you're adopting a kid or when you're at a hospital appointment, whatever it is, having somebody you can trust, I think that's that's priceless for sure. Uh, yeah. But also you can hire people like my brother, Philip, I hired him and and um, he's not a controlling partner in our business. We pay him very well, like like a partner. Um, <clears throat> but I think the number one thing is I still have to make all the hard decisions, like the real hard decisions at our company. 
but he still runs the day-to-day operation. So it kind of looks like a partnership, but there's only one guy actually in control. And I think that's often the problem is two guys get two different ideas and they, they both want control if it's a 50-50 partnership. They don't think the same like you and your brother did. And then they just go separate ways and they're, they're, it just doesn't work. Yeah. They end up butting heads. Like uh, our friend Charles Herbster says, you know, anything with two heads is a freak. You know, if you saw, <laughs> if you saw a cow with two heads or a snake or something like that, you'd think that thing's freaky. And so, you know, when we have a business with two heads that think differently and want to go off into the directions, well, it's a mess, obviously. So, yeah. but it was really interesting to hear your, your feedback on like, cause it, you had a partnership for like three or five years, three to five years, and now you've been on your own for a couple of years. So that's pretty cool. So Nick, did you have additional questions on partnerships or? Um, well, <clears throat> I just did a quick Google search um, just to answer your question. According to Forbes, um, which is the first result I got 70, <clears throat> 70% of business partnerships fail. Okay. Um, so not so, quite as high as I thought, but still, you know, two thirds, a um, little over two thirds. Um, and so, you know, you bring up a good point, Warren, about <clears throat> as far as ownership percentage. And I did have that written down as a question for later, but I'll ask it now. I, Luke, how did it work? I guess between you and your brother, were you guys 50 50? And what would you, you know, recommend, I guess, looking back now, if someone is, is looking to start a partnership, do you think 50-50 is the way to go? Or do you think someone having, you know, 51% and having the final decision is a better a better um, way to do it? We were 50-50, but I, I don't think I would do it with anybody other than my brother. Like, I don't know if I would have done it with anybody else. Like, I, I would have said, you know, I'll make you partner percentage, but it's going to be less. I'm going to be the controlling factor mm-hmm. here. And depending, you know, you can make what you want, depending on how much you put into the business. So, you know, I, I trusted my brother. I knew him well enough that I, I was fine with being the 50-50 partnership there. But yeah, I don't know if I would, I'd have a hard time doing that with just, just anybody. Like I, I yeah, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> Maybe you Warren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think I, that I don't, that's think, a- I don't think, I think entrepreneurs are too. I don't think they can, I don't think entrepreneurs, I don't know. A full blown entrepreneur yeah. almost always wants to be in control. It's like a I know. control freak. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a good word of advice, you know, and like, like you said, Luke, you know, start, start by yourself and see if you need a partner and bring them in later. And maybe the same would be true. And <clears throat> you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but um, maybe the same would be true um, with um, partnership. You know, maybe you don't start at 50, 50 right away because you can't get out of that. You know, maybe you'd start them at, you know, 40% or 45. And then if things go well, you know, at least you still have that control to where if something needs to happen, you can you can make it happen instead of just giving away that final say right from the get go. Yeah, I could I could see that working. Definitely. Yeah, that'd be way better than just automatic, like immediately making him 50%. So mm-hmm. yeah. 
So is, is Thomas now 100%? He owns 100% of that company? Yeah, so, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Like, Dad, he just works off commission if he sells the job. So it's like Thomas, is he owns it by mm -hmm. himself, and then he's got his guys working for him. And uh, so. That's really cool, though, to see all that work you put into that business still going, you know, and it's, it's yeah for your brother. So that's, that's awesome. It's not like it went away when you left. It's still there. Yeah. It's, right. Yeah. That's what I, I, cause I still get calls. I kept my old number. I still have it. Um, I still get calls, you know, at least once a month, maybe a couple times. Wow. Of people looking for my old company. And so I give them my brother's number and say, he's, he's still running the business in Missouri. So that's mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, if he, wouldn't have been there my partner or working for me it probably would have just gone to nothing but yep. so it's still there providing for them i guess mm -hmm. yep so what do you now that you've kind of grown two businesses um one as a partnership one on your own what would you say is some of the challenging things with growing a business with a partner as opposed to some of the challenging things growing a business on your own is there similar challenges or are they different um it is nice to like we'd get together and we'd kind of you know talk about share ideas what we want to do or like advertising or just different things that you could talk about <clears throat> with another guy that was really nice i like that about it mm -hmm. um but even with doing it myself, I can call people and talk to them. And, you know, I still call my brothers, my dad and ask questions, talk about certain things. But one, one nice thing was like, we kind of split the paperwork a little bit. So that, that was nice. You had a little more time because you kind of split looking at different jobs. Like he took some of them. I took some of them. Mm -hmm. um for sure if i was i had a bunch lined up if we it was only like a couple of days you know four or five jobs lined up to look at it i'd usually just do it but um now if i have that plus some paperwork to do it it can get a little more stressful or a little my days are usually a little busier but um overall there's not not a whole lot of differences you just have to put a little more work in it and that's not a bad thing because it can it can help you grow a little bit yourself. So like if you're running a business yourself, you have to definitely put a little more work in it, but um, I guess it's good to challenge yourself. Yeah. Yep. And like you said, you know, you get, <clears throat> not that it's always all about the money, but you know, you put in more work, but you get more out of it as well. Cause you're yeah. not splitting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was a good point that you made. I, <clears throat> Something I don't know if people think about is if you're in a partnership, you split the profits. You get to yeah. split the work, but you got to split the profits too. So yep. that's true. <clears throat> um, so what would you tell? And and um, maybe you've already kind of covered this, but I'll ask anyways and see if there's anything else that, that you think of. But what would you tell someone if they're looking to start a business with a partner? What would you say to them? Would you say do it, don't do it? What advice? How if they, you know, if they're gonna go forward, how can they best be prepared to jump into that relationship and start it right? 
I definitely recommend doing it with someone they can trust, like someone they know well or have a good relationship with and that they can trust. And I, I know there's people that have done this, like brought someone <clears> into <throat> a partnership and make this deal with them. You know, if we do, if the company grows a certain percentage every year, you know, we can add a little more, maybe, I don't know, you know, give them a percentage of that growth or maybe make them a little higher percentage partner or something like that. But that's probably that what I would it. recommend mm -hmm. is not just go all in right away, but start off a little slow, start off slow and, or not like, slow you want them to make money but um mm -hmm. start off where they're like maybe 30 40 percent and then yeah give them a percentage of the growth or whatever and then they they'll still make as much as they would if they were 50 percent um it's just that they'll have to make sure they put the work in so they do make that and don't get lazy mm -hmm. um that's good yep give them an incentive like something that they can push towards because like as a business yeah. owner like we're very self-motivated because we we see the growth of a business we want it to, we want to be successful and as an employee sometimes it's just put in my hours get my paycheck so yeah like i didn't think about that as you brought on a partner you have to make sure there's an incentive there for him to like grow the business and if, if the business doesn't grow then they don't get a bigger percentage or that bonus check or whatever that is that's good yeah yeah so like uh, Luke and Conklin, there's, we talk a lot about roofing and Conklin roofing, Conklin primarily is in spray coatings. And you talked about going out and looking at jobs and I'm probably veering off a little bit here, Nick, but I wanted to ask Luke this part of it. So there's, there's the estimating and inspection process. There's the sales process, uh, actually like, you know, selling the job and closing the deal. And then there's the install process. So obviously you and Thomas were working together and you saw each other's strengths. Uh, when you guys were partners, but now you're on your own. What is your favorite part of the process? Like from the first phone call until you put that final check in the bank and get the five-star review online. What, what do you like the best? I know right now you're doing almost all of it, but what is the best part of the process that you like, that you like the best, or you feel that you're the best at? I think my favorite part is when I go look at a building and I know the building owner is really interested. Like I know they want to do something and I try to, you know, show them what, what we can do. And they're, they ask a bunch of questions and I like that a lot. And then I also like the finishing touches, like when we're getting done with the roof and mm -hmm. trying to make it look neat and nice and professional. Um, just as far as like your brother put, put pictures on our yep. chat group with like the straight lines uh, of the coatings. I just love that part like making it look real nice and professional. Even if the building owner never sees it, it makes me, makes me feel good about it. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I do love meeting with the building owners a lot. Like uh, just one of the last ones I looked at their, their company <clears throat> that makes Terry cloth. And I was talking with them. I was able to talk Dutch with them. They're from <laughs> Germany <laughs> and they were like all excited about it. And uh, they gave me a whole pile of these, uh, terry rags they call them and they're made for like golfing or sports like all kinds of sports and i told him i play disc golf he said oh here i'll give you a whole pile of these <laughs> and so he gave me a whole pile of their their uh they're they're like uh you know the right size to take along on sporting events to wipe your equipment or sweat or whatever so 
it's just it's just fun like working on those relationships and even if we never get a roof it's you meet a, you get to meet a lot of different people with a lot of different backgrounds and i really enjoy that yep that's awesome hmm. yeah it's cool <clears throat> um all right here's a fun question luke so i'm sure you and your brother didn't agree on everything all the time so disagreements in partnerships just like in marriage are bound to happen so how how did you handle disagreements or how would you recommend someone's fighting with their partner right now <laughs> how do you how do you deal with it i'll have to think because it, we really didn't have a lot of disagreements no not, not no we really didn't like we got along like i mean we heard a lot about partnerships i had seen partners you know disagree a lot but we really didn't do a lot of that we were both kind of we wanted what was best for the comp like the business and for each other kind of and so we were we were in it for ourselves but we were also we both wanted the other person to succeed too so it was yep. um i think that's a big thing you know a lot of partners they go into just for the money and soon it turns out their relationship started getting damaged and so soon the partnership fails but i'm trying to think if there were times that we kind of had disagreements or nick if you knew them if you knew them well you would you would see that you you could see why they could run a business together and not really yeah. have agreements like i i would have i wouldn't have if i would have if luke would have said oh yeah we fought all the time i would have been absolutely shocked so yeah. <laughs> like we probably i'm sure we had you know maybe on a roof like how do we do this versus that and we probably mm -hmm. disagreed like that but like we didn't i don't feel like we had any arguments or fights like that were harmful or whatever that could have been harmful to our partnership well and i guess that just reinforces the point of finding someone that you trust and finding someone that shares your vision yeah um because you know if you can say we got along good and we didn't have any major disagreements you know maybe some minor stuff about you know how do we patch this or whatever yeah. but <clears throat> i mean that means that you guys trust each other that means you shared the same vision and and we're kind of pushing in the same direction um which i guess if anybody's listening and they're thinking about getting in a partner make sure <laughs> make sure you know like luke's been saying this whole time make sure that you trust them and make sure that they 100 percent share your share your vision and your dream yeah and, and i wonder oh go ahead one other key thing that luke said there was like they wanted the other partner to succeed <clears throat> yeah that and was great if you're it's just like in marriage if you want your wife or your spouse to succeed and have their best life and you put you lay your life down you know most most of my arguments or fights i've had with my spouse came from selfishness mm -hmm. putting my putting me before her putting me my thoughts or my plan or my schedule before theirs and i think like what like what let's say luke wants to go on vacation and his partner says you know what that's great you can go on vacation with your wife you can go take your kid out to whatever. And he has Luke's best interest in mind 
or if he would have been like, no, we got to work. If you don't stay home and work, I'm not going to, and we can't, whatever. That's like what Luke said there. Like he wanted, they wanted the other partners to succeed. I think that's, you got to have that. That's definitely key. It's being so mm-hmm. like that. I was going to bring that up. Like we did kind of, we didn't really have a written agreement, but like, obviously if one of us was going to be gone a month out of the summer and the other one a week, we were going to compensate the difference. But mm-hmm. like, if it was a couple days, you know, I go on a week long vacation, he takes six or seven days, you know, we were, it was, we weren't going to let it bother us, but he did like my wife was in the hospital for a week and I didn't work all week. And, you know, he could have said something about it. He didn't. And I even offered, you know, said, you know, you can pay yourself for these days more than, you know, pay yourself extra for these days. And he was kind enough to not worry about it, but mm-hmm. we were, we were both like, we didn't try to take vacation days just so we could have more time off than the other one. So we kind of understood, had a un- little bit of an understanding there, but it wasn't like it had to be this many days or whatever. So. Yeah. That's great. Um, so what would you guys, I think we've kind of covered as far as if someone wants to get into a partnership, maybe some good tips for, for beginning a partnership, but I'd be curious to hear your guys thoughts. If someone here is in a partnership and it's not healthy, it's not going well, what would be your recommendations? What, what, should they do so they just bail so they try to make it work what do you think what do you think luke oh (laughs) i say bail but that's just because i don't like partnerships (laughs) i guess i've seen too many fail i i think i would do that i that would be my suggestion unless they unless they're both wanting to work on it it's not going to do any good Mm -hmm. like communicate yeah Yeah, if it's a bad partnership, I mean, it's not going well, but they both know it isn't and they both want it to go better. That's about the only way it'll work is if they can communicate. But if one wants to make it better and the other one's, you know, looking out for himself, it's probably better just to run. (laughs) Hmm. But obviously, you know, you would have to make sure the numbers make sense. If the company has a bunch of debt and it's on your name, you can't always have problems. But um I don't think, you know, it's weird, but in like business and it's probably this way in marriage and in personal life too. But if the trust is broken, it is so hard to rebuild that. And sometimes impossible. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't trust your partner or an employee, um, I had this conversation with a guy on our team the other day. He's like, he, he's like, I can't fire my employee, but I don't trust him. He's like, I can't fire him because I can't find somebody to replace him. I'm like, (laughs) it's going to be so hard to ever trust that guy again. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, they were smoking weed in the work truck that's what they were doing and i'm like that's gonna be so hard to ever and he and they denied it but he's sure they were but anyways like if you live in a partnership and you don't trust your partner if you absolutely go all in and work extremely hard it can maybe work maybe you can bring in a consultant or somebody who maybe not a consultant but somebody who can like look at everything legally and help you like split ways um that might work good but it's so hard to build that trust back once it's been broken in business. It's extremely, not impossible most times, but extremely difficult to build the trust back. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. No, that's, that's, yeah, that's good. Um, 
trust. I mean, and that's kind of been the thread I think of, of this whole episode is trust. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Trust is so important in, in all aspects of business, but especially if you're going to be running, you know, your business alongside someone, you got to trust them and you got to find ways to keep the trust. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. I love that. <clears throat> um, Warren, did you have um, any additional questions for Luke? Um, I had one that I was actually talking to Ben out here in Montana. It's actually our cousin's husband. And I was, they live way out in the sticks and he does woodworking and they have like a shop house that's done very beautifully. And, and he was telling me that he loved, he wasn't even like trying to make a point. We were just having conversation. He was telling me how much he loves what he does. He loves where he lives and they're making a good living. And I'm like, I was thinking to myself, like, that's, that's the real American dream, not just making a ton of money or not just loving what you do. Like some people like to play video games, but they can't feel that feed their family. Like you can't just love what you do. You have to, you have to have both. Like you have to find something that you're really passionate about and you love doing. And then you have to figure out how to make a lot of money or make money, make a living doing it. And that was really cool. I'm like, man, you're, I said, I don't care what anyone says. You're extremely successful because you're making a good living. You're loving what you're doing. So like, I wanted to ask Luke, like, what do you love about Blue Ridge commercial roofing or what do you love about roofing? I, and I know the financial side of it is extremely rewarding, but um, what, what, what is your, I don't want to ask you what your favorite part of it is, but why do you like roofing? Like why choose roofing? If somebody's listening to this podcast and they're looking at roofing maybe, or maybe they have a roofing business and maybe they're not enjoying it. Why do you enjoy roofing or having a roofing business? Okay. Um, I'm sure it's got a lot to do with growing up. I, that's pretty much all I did, but I, I love the fact that I can go out and look at a roof that's leaking. Like let's take a metal roof. That's got leaks everywhere. Screws are leaking and they're having all sorts of problems inside of their buildings, getting wet. And I can go out, offer them a solution, help them figure out what they need. And in the end I can provide them with a worry-free roof. Like it's not just a leak free, like they can, their worries are over, you know, mm-hmm. if I can, get the roof to quit leaking that's awesome i can help their worries go away and that's one thing i like about it the worst thing is the heat (laughs) (laughs) that's the only thing i don't like (laughs) you moved south luke you i know every now every now and then you run into like a a difficult customer or a roof that is like a pain but for the most part i really enjoy it like Mm. provide solutions to problems and make people's worries go away i guess yeah that i mean that's that's what business is right i mean nick built yeah. a website for both of us we had a problem we didn't have a very good website and, you know <laughs> i i don't go through my website anymore thinking man we really need a new website like this looks cruddy and yeah. so like you provided a solution for my problem and that's that's what biz, that's what a good business does so that's yeah yep. that's really good to hear that's that's great and yeah i think growing up like we both this little background, our, our dads were both in construction before we were born and they got into commercial roofing. I don't know if your dad was in commercial roofing before you were born, but it was right around that time that like when I was born, that my dad got into commercial roofing. So just being around it, like our whole lives, I think probably had a big impact. Um, but I, I don't know if that's your same experience, but yeah, like you mentioned growing up and it definitely made a big difference. Yeah. I, 
that's probably why I'm in commercial roofing, but I mean, I love it and I don't plan to change it. So. Mm -hmm. What awesome. would you say to somebody, Luke, that is maybe your age, like you're in your late twenties and they didn't come from a background of entrepreneurs, but they really feel like they want to start their own business. Like what, what are some key things that you have to have some characteristics or like you went down there and you were determined, like you started fresh, like you had a business, you moved way far away and started fresh. How did you, like, what, did, what about you made you have success? Cause the next guy might've moved to the exact same area and did the same marketing and not had success. What, why did you have success? What would you say were some of your characteristics that like, was it confidence? Was it commitment? Um, why did you have, was it just knowledge that knowing that like, like I said, confidence that you can do it? Or why did you have success when the next guy might not? I'd say part of it, you know, it definitely helped that I had been doing it and had run a business in Missouri. And I came down here, you, you know, I kind of knew what to do to get those jobs. I knew it was going to work. And so I was like, even if I don't get a lot of jobs, you know, if I do a dozen jobs or half a dozen the first year, I'm definitely not giving up because I know it works. And so... <laughs> I was committed to it and that's one thing you got to do for sure like if if i if a new guy is going to start and in his head he already failed it's probably not going to work out and he's mm -hmm. gonna mm -hmm. you know i see some young guys come into this business like uh uh there's that one guy that you help uh from illinois what's his name larry larry yeah he seems really excited about it like his posts on facebook or wherever he's mm -hmm every time I've met him, he seems really excited about it and committed to it. Like he's yep. not going to let him, even if he has a bad month or whatever, he's not going to let it put him down, put him down. So mm -hmm. I think that's one thing you got to do. You got to make, see if, if it's what you're going to try to do, you might as well go all in and mm -hmm. be committed to it. Um, but I, I definitely say I had a, probably would have had the upper hand on a new guy because I kind of knew the ropes of it and, everything but i definitely think commitment is a big part of it absolutely we talked about that on another episode luke you'll have to listen to it i think it's titled something karate but like oh okay it was about punching through a board and like if you see the other <clears throat> you can see past the board like six inches you can punch through a board that you could never punch through if you just looked at the board so like if you're to your point like if you're just starting a business if you can already seeing it be successful, like you knew it was going to work, like you punched through the board because you saw past the board, you didn't see the business startup. You saw a successful business two years down the road. Like yeah. you, start, you had that, that vision, that commitment. So that goes right along. Like, I mean, it's amazing when like, we bring a lot of new contractors in and like the guys that say, I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to try it. Like they never succeed ever. If they have that, I'm just going to try it attitude and see what happens. They never ever succeed. Yeah. They just they give up so quickly because they're like, well, it didn't work for me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would probably get into it if they could see three years down the road of what a if they'd be committed and see three years down the road, I think they'd get really excited. But too bad we, we can't do that. We can't really see three years down the road. But uh I think a lot of people, if they would be able to, they'd probably be more excited about it but i guess maybe that's uh i don't know maybe that's a whole nother topic on itself it is <laughs> i went on a bunny trail I'm sorry. Or, or i was just thinking <clears throat> what luke was talking about going three years down the road if we could just 
time travel to three years ahead and skip all the hard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or like if the they five steps. That, yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah. If they see they're going to succeed, they might be willing to put in the hard work. But then again, if they're too lazy to put the hard work in now, maybe they won't be able to, maybe they right. won't make it anyways. Yeah. They probably wouldn't be able to keep it. If somebody just handed yeah. business without doing yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. That's a whole nother episode right there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have you back on Luke and we'll get into that. That'd, that'd be a good one. Um, well, I'm going to transition. Um, I got a headline for you guys. <clears throat> Boston transit agency to try urine sensors on the elevators. <laughs> you guys heard about this? This is over sort of your way, Luke, a little ways from you, but over out that direction. You're in trouble no more. The Massachusetts Bay Transit Authority hopes with a new program to tackle public urination in system elevators with technology. The MBTA, which services Boston and the surrounding area, is launching a pilot program this summer in which urine detection sensors will be placed in four downtown elevators. The sensors alert transit ambassadors who can dispatch a cleaning crew, the Boston Herald reported. The sensors on the ceiling of an elevator have an attached fan, which allows them to suck in air and basically smell what is present, said Megan Collins, a program project manager for MBTA. The pilot kicks off in August. Data will be collected for several months before the agency makes a decision about whether to implement the program by year's end, the newspaper said. Now, here's what surprised me. First of all, this story is surprising, <laughs> but... This surprised me is it's not a new concept. Nearly a decade ago, the Metropolitan Atlanta Rapid Transit Authority launched a pilot program that, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, triggered strobe lights, alarms, and alerts to uh, MARTA police when urine was detected in an elevator. The elevators were then inoperable until a cleaning. That program, deemed a success, was eventually expanded. So you guys heard about urine prevention systems in public elevators my question is why do we need this no yeah. kidding oh that's horrible wow you know i remember seeing when i used to live in minneapolis being downtown minneapolis waiting at a bus stop i remember seeing people you know urinating at the bus stop but why i mean that was outdoors at least why why in an elevator that i just people are just and uh, it's unbelievable. Some parts of America have turned into, this is a whole other topic too, but the bathrooms aren't clean. There's no toilet paper. It's like this turned into a third world country. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't understand that thought process of like, just not caring. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's anyways, I, that, that was interesting. I thought that was very interesting. Those are um, news headlines that he, yeah. he throws at us that we've never heard of before. Closing yeah. line is public urination is not only unsanitary, but can also damage elevators. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, anyways, so <clears throat> a little, I don't know if that's a lighthearted story or a depressing story. <laughs> it's kind of, a little of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> um, but let's uh, start to kind of wrap up. I'd love to hear just kind of final thoughts from you guys. Uh, anything that you learned or stood out to you from our conversation? Yeah, I'll go first then I'll let, let okay. Luke close up. But probably the number one thing that I took away is like in a partnership, which 
be very careful listeners about partnerships. I I'm just talking from my mentors and the people around me and what I've seen, just be very, very, very careful with partnerships, maybe get a third party analysis or get somebody that, that you look up to, to like ask <clears throat> or ask somebody who's in a partnership um, or, or contact Luke and, and ask him, you know, more detailed questions, but you have to trust the person hundred percent, first of all. And then second of all, if they don't, if you feel like they're greedy or selfish, don't have your best interests in mind, it's probably not going to work. Um, from what I'm hearing from Luke, like that, they didn't have that. Like Thomas always had his best interests in mind. That's why it worked. So, yeah, this was really interesting, Luke, uh, to hear your perspective on this. Thanks for uh, sharing all those those great insights. Yeah, yeah. I never like a lot of the stuff we talked about. I never even really thought about it until we like. I just our partnership just went well. It just mm -hmm. I, I never really thought about it that much, but definitely like the trust part, the believing in each other, you know, we didn't, we, we didn't get form a partnership to try to make more money necessarily. We were trying, we just wanted to run a business together. We thought it would be fun. Like we, hmm. and we trusted each other. So that's, that's the biggest thing you have to be able to trust your partner. If not, then I wouldn't even dare get into a partnership, but, um, yeah. And you you have to look out for each other as much as you look out for yourself. Cause I mean, for sure, like in a marriage partnership, if you don't do that, it's obviously going to fail. Mm -hmm. And why can't, why, why do we think that it will work in a, like a business partnership? Right. So I think that's one of the biggest takeaways is, is um, we just have to be able to trust each other and to believe in each other. And uh, we want to help each other. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I love that. What about you, Nick? What was your well, takeaway? <clears throat> I learned, so I, obviously I knew you guys are cousins and that your dads were brothers, but I did not know that your moms were sisters. So that was something I learned. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just to kind of everything you guys were talking about, you know, trust, you have to absolutely trust the person and you have to have their best interest in mind. And I like what Luke, what you just said, <clears throat> we didn't get into it to make money. We just wanted to have fun and run a business together. Um, and I think that's probably a part of your success too. You know, you weren't out to get rich. You just wanted to, to do something as brothers together and just have a good time and, and see where it took you. Um, and, uh, that's a better attitude than being greedy and just trying to make out rich or whatever. So mm -hmm. definitely. <clears throat> um, awesome. Well, Luke, this was great. Thank you for taking the time out of your. Uh, schedule to join us on the go vertical podcast um if anybody um has questions or, or wanted to reach out to you with questions about anything or if someone happens to be listening from south carolina who uh has a leaky roof and needs a repair how can uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you um they can either find me on facebook luke you and message me there or um i guess should i Tell them my email and my phone. Yeah, number or... if you want to do your email, and then I can link it in the I'll link it in the description of the show as well. So, okay. So it. my email is Luke at BlueRidgeCR.com. So I did the CR for commercial roofing. So Luke at BlueRidgeCR.com, and then my phone number is eight six four nine zero three two five five, and you can call, text, or whatever whatever's best for you just will we'll work for me. So 
I'm open to all of them. So, yeah. Awesome. That's great. Well, yeah. Thank you so much um, for joining us. Uh, this has been a blast on episode five and uh, let's get out there and go vertical. All right. Absolutely. Let's go. Let's go.